good right here on News Radio 1200 WOAI. I'm Dwayne Allen along with Terry Toller. We are from Cambridge Auto Center. We're located at 9823 Fredericksburg Road, and you can find us there Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. You can also find us online at cambridgeauto.com, and you can like us on Facebook. We post a lot of great information to our Facebook page and to our website, so we definitely encourage you to check that out. You can schedule your appointments through our website. You can also do that through our Facebook page, but you can always contact us if you want to through our website or our Facebook page. But today, we would like for you to contact us here. If you have a question for us, you can give us a call at 210-737-1200. It's the first show of 2018, so we want to welcome everybody to 2018. So if you have a question for us, maybe you waited all of 2017 and waited for it to be over, have a question for us, give us a call, 210-737-1200. Phone lines are open, and you know we're in a new year. We're about a week into it, so... You know, everybody's got New Year's resolutions. Did you make any New Year's resolutions this year, Terry? Yeah, not to make any. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I don't want to let myself down. No, you know, I don't really think, I don't make New Year's resolutions, but I do try to do something different for the year. But I don't necessarily set something in stone. Like, Oh, I always try. It just only lasts about a week. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, anyway, one of the things that you should do, and uh, if you haven't, start doing, is try to make a New Year's resolution for your car and making sure that you're getting it in and getting it checked out to make sure that you're up to date on the maintenance that you should be doing with it and that you get set up on a maintenance schedule so that you can prolong the life of your vehicle vehicle because as we all know the prices of vehicles are not getting any cheaper and uh, it is uh, definitely in your best interest financially to make your vehicle last as long as you can and if you have any questions about how to do that give us a call 210-737-1200 we're here to help you with any questions about uh, maintenance or repair that you might have so for working on something today, we finally got out of the cold spell that we had. So hopefully yeah, nobody nice, ran yeah. into any issues with the cooling systems or anything like that. I we t- I talked about it for a few weeks about it's going to get cold. Be, be prepared. I hope everybody took heed of that and prepared for the cold, freezing temperatures that we did have these last couple or last week for a few days there. So. Hopefully everybody's okay, but if you didn't make it through that unscathed, if you have a question for us, give us a call, 210-737-1200. So it's a beautiful day today, I can tell you that. It's definitely a welcome day. It's a good day to be out and about. It's not too hot, not too cold. You don't have to be all bundled up to go do whatever it is that you need to do. A lot of stuff going on around town, so definitely... It's a, good a day. better day to call this show and talk to us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so give us a call, 210-737-1200. You know, last week, if you were listening, we got a really good question, and it was a gentleman who had a question about what's the difference between taking your vehicle to, like, an auto zone and having them check the check engine light and going to, like, a dealership or a, de- or a repair shop to have them scan the code. And if you didn't hear that, I thought it was worth mentioning again or re-mentioning is that a lot of places like uh, AutoZone, you know, O'Reilly's and all that stuff, uh, places that uh, sell parts, they will scan your vehicle. They've got code readers. And there's a difference between what is called what we consider a diagnostic tool and a code reader. So code readers, you can buy those anywhere. You can buy them online. You can get them at Walmart. 20 bucks. You can find one for 20 bucks. Some of them are even less than that. Yep. 
But what that's going to do is that's just going to tell you what code is in the system, and it depends on the type of vehicle. Sometimes that code may be read incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what's happening when whenever you're taking it uh, somewhere like that to have that code readed, read read <laughs> so it looks like my new year's resolution needs to be go back to english so anyway when you're having the code read they're going to tell you what the code is and there it's sometimes it points to a particular part on the vehicle and obviously you're there they're going to tell you this is what it is this is what you need to get to fix it but that's not always the case so Anytime you have a check engine light, we always tell you that you need to take it somewhere that has a diagnostic tool that can read the code because it's going to get more in-depth information for you. And that way you won't be chasing a problem by buying a part or taking care of this, thinking that that's going to be the issue. And uh, that's not always the case. So there's always... Uh, and Terry can tell you because he does it every day, but you know, a check engine light for an oxygen sensor doesn't necessarily mean that you need to replace the oxygen sensor. There could be other things that are going on. Mm-hmm. And when you have it at a repair shop and they're using a diagnostic tool to check it, they know by looking at that information where to go and pinpoint the exact cause of the problem. So Very true. I've had customers bring in $600 worth of parts, ask them to put them on. And it was literally a vacuum hose that was disconnected. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you got to be careful where you yeah, throw definitely, your money. Definitely. So, I just wanted, I thought, with it being 2018, yeah. that would be a good way to kick off the first show of 2018 because we get a lot of questions like that. And a lot of people don't understand whenever, you know, the difference between having a code read and actually getting in and diagnosing the code that you have on your vehicle. So... If you have any questions about it, give us a call, 210-737-1200. Let's go to the phone lines now and talk to Phil. Bill, thank you for calling Under the Hood. How can we help you today? Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a uh, 2013 Tundra Uh 5.7, and um, the problem that uh, started happening when it got cold out is I would turn the key, and it would turn over and sound strong, but it it would take a little while. If I just turned the key and let go, it would die. Uh, so I'd have to hold the key, and so now uh, uh, that it's it seems like it's getting worse. Now I'm having to hold the key for you know five almost ten seconds to get it to get, start running. And it only does it's only been doing it when it's cold outside. Well, it, it started um, when it was cold, so I assumed it. And by the way, if I drive the car and then turn it off and then get back in five ten minutes later, it starts right up. But if I let the car sit for like two or three hours and get in, then it starts to do it again. And if I let it sit overnight, then it, it that's this morning I, it almost didn't start. Okay. Um, are you having a check engine light on at all? Uh, not when I'm driving, and I mean, you know, everything's on when you're turning the key, but yeah, not re- not really. So no check engine light. Um, well, one thing that can cause that type of symptom is a bad purge solenoid. And what that does, it's part of your EVAP system, um, but typically it'll set a light. Um, but what it'll do is when it sits, you're getting, you can get a lot of uh, fuel vapors that'll lead back into the engine. And then that basically floods out the motor. So it's like an old carbureted vehicle that's now flooded and it takes a while to crank. That's one possibility. The other possibility is either you're losing fuel pressure to the tank from the tank to the fuel rail. Um, you can cycle the key on and off, like next tomorrow morning when you first get up, cycle the key on and off like three or four times, maybe five, and then um, let, let basically your, what you're doing there is letting that fuel rail build back up a fuel pressure. If it starts up right away and it doesn't give you any issues, 
you more than likely have a problem in the fuel pump. Um, there's a check valve that allow the fuel pressure to leak back down into the tank. So that's kind when, of a, when you say cycle the key, do you mean don't turn start it, hold it. it like a, uh, okay, yeah, just, just turn, turn it on, on like your radio on? comes on, everything okay. comes on and then let it, you know, count to, you know, one and then cycle it back off and do that three or four times. And what that, what that'll do is energize the fuel pump each time and it will start filling that fuel rail back up with fuel and pressurize it. Okay. So then, uh, and I, I will yeah, say and then that, if uh, what, what it does is it, if it starts up right away, um, then you know that you have a problem in that fuel system leaking down. I, I will say at one time I noticed that after it finally started, it, it ran a little rough, you know, okay. like a, almost like an old clunker mm-hmm. uh, until it until it smoothed out, uh, just for like the first you know fifteen seconds. Okay. Yeah, you definitely have a, a problem in the fuel system. So either you're flooding it out or you're losing fuel pressure. Okay. Um, so try cycling the key and see if that doesn't help. And if it um, if it does, give me a call at the shop on Monday. And you know, if it doesn't, then I can kind of help you a little further on which way to go. All right. Okay. Thanks for taking my call. All right, Bill. Thanks for the phone call. Phone lines are open, 210-737-1200. We have to take a quick break, but we will be back with more of Under the Hood. So give us a call, 210-737-1200. I'm Dwayne Allen along with Terry Tuller. This is Under the Hood right here on News Radio 1200 WOAI. Welcome back to Under the Hood right here on News Radio 1200 WOAI. I'm Dwayne Allen along with Terry Toller. We're from Cambridge Auto Center. We're located at 9823 Fredericksburg Road, and you can find us there Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. You can also find us online at cambridgeauto.com, and you can like us on Facebook. We're here to here today to help you with any questions that you might have about your vehicle. Give us a call, 210-737-1200. Let's go back to the phone lines and talk to David. David, thanks for calling Under the Hood. How can we help you today? Oh, yes, sir. This is kind of a mercy call. I, I didn't want y'all to start singing, so I thought I would call. I do have a question for you. <laughs> What's up, David? <laughs> Not much. Uh, I have a 2011 Dodge Charger, and I bought it used a few years ago, and it's always had a problem with the power steering. It seems to have resistance in it, and, and there's no particular uh, time when it happens, uh, whether it's hot or cold or not, it just seems to happen when it wants to. <clears throat> like there's resistance in the wheel when you're pulling out of a parking spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last time I got inspected, which is about a year ago, they told me that it could be an issue next time. So I'm wondering what I need to do to try to improve. Is there like a BG product or something I could use because uh, I think it's an electronic system I'm not really I don't see a power steering pump or or where to put fluid you know I think it's in an electronic on those I'm not, not sure on a not, 2011 not that I'm aware of I think they have a pump in a rack okay yeah, um, I don't I, is it know, typically to one side or does it does it do it go in either direction either direction direction and you're yeah. not, do you do you get any whining sound or anything from the steering? No, not really. No. Right. Yeah, I know back in the old days, you know, when you got low on fluid, it would whine and not rack right. But right. This, I, I just assumed uh, that this is all electronic or 
Um, I mean, if you want to call me at the shop on Monday, I can look it up and see what kind of system that has. Um, I'm pretty sure it has regular power stream pump and rack um, type system. Um, and if it does have the old style system, usually if, if it goes only out in one direction, that's usually an indication you have a bad rack and pinion. Um, if it goes out it, in both directions, that's usually a, a, a bad power string pump. So, mm -hmm. Okay, but if it's electronic, uh, um, it's all one piece. So you get the, mm -hmm. the the motor, the rack, the module, everything comes as one assembly. So yeah, if that's mm -hmm. it, um, it's going to be a pretty expensive repair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Appreciate it and enjoy your show. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, David. And uh, give us a call, uh, Terry, a call at the shop on Monday. He'll look more into that for you. Okay. I'll try to. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Moving right along, let's go to Albert on line two. Albert, thanks for calling Under the Hood. How can we help you today? I've got a problem with a battery. It keeps dying on a 2005 GMC pickup. Okay. And I've replaced several things chasing and it seems to be an intermittent problem. It doesn't. It can last a week and it'll die. It can last a month and then it'll die. I've replaced the cluster. I've replaced uh, the turn signal switch. I've replaced the headlamp switch. And then I guess there's a, a relay for the back trailer lights I've replaced. Mm. And I'm kind of running out of ideas. That doesn't have navigation system in it, does it? Yes, it does. <laughs> the disc is staying on. Yeah, you have a disc behind you. You have to pull the instrument, the the shield around the instrument cluster. Um, that that bezel pops off, and there's actually a disc for your um, uh, navigation system. And if you eject that disc, that'll take care of your draw. Okay, is this actually in the cluster? It is behind, it's, the it's under the radio. Yeah, it's under the radio in the entertainment system part of it. But in order to get to the disc, you have to take the actual fascia or the, you know, um, I guess that's what you'd call it, right? Mm -hmm. Around the, the cluster. Plate. Yeah, the front plate of the dash comes off like around the radio, and it's uh -huh. right behind that. You just eject the disc, and then it'll take care of that draw for you. Do you get in it sometimes? I've had the same issue. I had a Tahoe. It was a later model, but it did the same thing. If you get in it, sometimes do you hear what sounds like a CD player running, but nothing's on? Uh, no. Or, not, that I would, haven't heard nothing like that. That That's what was happening with mine. It was the same thing. There's a disc that it uses for the navigation, and uh -huh. the, that disc drive that it was running, it would just run constantly. And so it was killing my battery. Is this something that uh, maybe a mojo like me can fix or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Once you get the little bezel off, so you just uh, eject the CD. Yeah, the bezel snaps off. Um, easiest way to take it off is to tilt the steering wheel down, uh, uh, set your parking brake, of course. Don't uh -huh. have it running. Bring your shifter down to the low position, you know, drive mm -hmm. one. And then that, that instrument cluster panel just snaps right off. And then you can reach okay. behind it, eject that CD. You'll see a separate CD player. It's hidden behind it. And uh -huh. when that CD comes out, you're good to go. Okay. Okay, thanks. I'm going to give that a try. All right. I appreciate that. Okay. All right, Albert. Thanks for the phone right. call. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's move right along. Let's go to Mark on line four. Mark, thanks for calling Under the Hood. How can we help you today? Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hey, good. Uh, yeah, I've got a... 2009 Ford F-150 Platinum, and yesterday I took it over to Discount Tire because I had a tire pressure sensor fault, 
bleeding. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy uh, went around and with his monitoring tool and recalibrated all four of them. And he was having trouble with one, so he went and got the cable and he plugged it into the connector under the dashboard. And he was still having problems with one, so he said, you need to replace that sensor. So I said, okay, I'll do it later. So when I drove off, my dome light and my two map lights are flashing on and off. And they wouldn't turn off until you turn the car off. And every time you start the car, they start flashing again. So I went back in there. He said he'd never heard of that. He said he didn't uh, know what caused it, and he said it wasn't their problem. So I that happened yesterday. I took the fuse out so they're not flashing, and I'm able to drive the truck. At nighttime, you can't drive it with a flashing like this. Anyway, I was wondering if you had any ideas or comments, if you've ever heard of that. Honestly, I've never ran into that. Um, I looked it up. I looked it up on the internet, and there are some issues with the dome light flashing. And there was one person who said he took it to a tire dealer, and that's what they did. But there was never any answers. So I called the dealer, and he said he'd never heard of it. Hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's something I could fix for you. I can tell you that much. But until you get in there and start figuring out what's causing it to come on. Whether you got a bad uh, dome light switch and one of the door pins could be bad. Um, well, it it didn't do it. It didn't do it before. Yeah. But as soon as he hooked up, and another thing, you know, on the on the dash, it it said tire pressure sensor fault. Now it says tire pressure monitor fault. Hmm. Well, you could have had a problem in the in the tire pressure module, which is actually your door module. So the, the, you could have a problem with the module going bad, and by him trying to recalibrate it, it probably just lost everything. So you probably yeah, you probably have a door module that's out because that controls your dome lights, it controls your tire pressure sensors, it does it all. Where's the door module located? In know? the door, <laughs> in the driver's door. In the door. Yep. Okay. Now, I, I guess if I brought it to you, I guess you put it on a diagnostic. Right. Yeah, we can actually tell what's causing it. It'll actually pull codes and let us know what's going on with it. So. Okay. Well, I was just wondering if there was any kind of easy fix, but I guess not. No. No. Yeah, you, you probably gotta, have to get into that one see yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a new one, I guess, huh? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for the phone call, Mark. We got to take a break for the news. Phone lines are open 210-737-1200. Rob, I'm sorry, Bob, Rick, and Cloris. We'll get to you guys as soon as we get back. I'm Dwayne Allen along with Terry Toller. We're from Cambridge Auto Center, and this is Under the Hood on News Radio 1200 WOAI. Under the Hood, right here on News Radio 1200 WOAI. I'm Dwayne Allen along with Terry Toller. We are from Cambridge Auto Center. We're located at 9823 Fredericksburg Road, and you can find us there Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. 
You can also find us online at CambridgeAuto.com, and you can like us on Facebook. We post a lot of great information to our Facebook page and to our website, so we definitely encourage you to check that out. But today we are here to help you with any questions that you might have about your vehicle. Phone lines are open, 210-737-1200. Give us a call, and we'll help you out with any question that you might have with your vehicle, whether it's about maintenance or repair. Let's go back to the phone lines and talk to Cloris. Cloris, thank you for calling Under the Hood. How can we help you today? A 2010 CRV with 105,000 miles on it. <clears throat> and every morning when I try to start, when I start it, it starts fine. But then it has this grinding sound. Just after you what start is it? That? Pardon? Just after you start it? Yes. How long does it take for the grinding sound to go away? Oh, just a second or two. Mm, I mean, I'd have to listen to it, but I mean, it, it could possibly be your starter still staying engaged, um, uh-huh. which is a. Not a real common problem on the Hondas, but um, it, I have seen it. Um, so when you go to start it, the Bendix is actually staying out, and uh, it's allowing the starter to grind for a second until it releases. So okay, so that wouldn't have anything to do with the the timing belt, would it? No, typically if you have a belt issue, um, it's going to make the noise constantly. It, okay. it, it, they don't go away after a short period of time. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. No problem. Thanks for the phone call. Let's go to Bob on line one. Bob, thanks for calling Under the Hood. How can we help you today? Hey, fellas. Like your show. Great show. Thank you. Uh, I've got an 05 Dodge Dakota with about 115,000 miles on it, and it it stalls, it kicks, and then it dies. And this happens every three, four months, like clockwork. And... uh, and and we had a little work done on the uh, transmission. They did the B solenoid on the transmission about a year and a half ago. They said that was the problem. Well, that didn't take care of it. And I had numerous sensors changed, and uh, the map sensor, the TPS uh, throttle position sensor, and, and some other ones that escaped my my mind right now. And uh, the, the problem is, my wife drives this vehicle. And, and when it dies on her, it, 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 she gets stuck in traffic on Interstate 35 in Austin. It just dies. It starts right up. It always starts right up, but it just dies on her. Does it die and, on her like when she's slowing down and comes to a complete stop, it just dies? Yeah. Okay. And, yes, that's a good question. And the other thing is if she puts the AC on, the car, the truck dies. And so in the, in, they have that switch on there on the dash. And so for in the winter, we have to turn the AC off because of the defrost. Mm-hmm. And that's how it keeps running. And uh, every every three four months, it's the same thing happens. Now the codes, uh, the generic code zero seven hundred, just says there's a malfunction in the in the circuit for the transmission, and then some other generic codes about the transmission. So I, I can't pinpoint it. I've taken it to two well, couple shops, and uh, had the the AutoZone thing, you know, where they scan it real quick. And you guys are right on the money. Uh, let me ask you a I'm question. When, when it does die, is it like coming off the highway? Like the vehicle's done, you know, no, got no, in a no. lockup already? No, it's in traffic. Like, you know, in Austin, traffic's bad. And, and when the traffic slows down, it just dies. It's just dead, too. But it starts right up. Mm. I know. It's very frustrating. 
Because, I mean, some some things that can cause it. I mean, if the transmission, if the torque converter goes into lockup and it mm-hmm. doesn't release, and a lot of times in order for it to release out of lockup, it's got to get a signal from the brake pedal switch. So if it's missing that signal, what it would be like when it dies, it'd be just like come up to light, not like pushing your foot in on the clutch type of thing if it had one, and it would buck a little bit and then shut off. It doesn't have a clutch, but you know what? No, no, that I know, but I mean, the, it would be similar to that. I that know it's was an automatic. it. That was the okay. code. That was the code, the transmission torque converter. That was the other code. Yeah, you, you have a problem in lockup. You, I would take it to somebody that deals with transmissions, let them know uh-huh. that. And it could be as simple as a brake light switch could fix that problem. I see. But they're going to have to diagnose it. Now, you could have a lockup solenoid, too, that's staying engaged when it shouldn't be. Uh, and that can cause the same issue. So okay. it's gonna, it, to me, it sounds like you have a problem with the lockup in that transmission. Why would the AC be tied into this? When we turn, it, turn the AC on, the truck just dies. What, do you have any idea what would cause something like that? Mm, that I don't. I mean, that could be related to like a um, an idle control solenoid because those are designed to bump the idle up a little bit uh, when, when the engine has more of a draw on it for yeah, uh, the AC. It has replaced that, yeah, twice. All my so all my all those sensors I talked about have all been replaced two, three times. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's it, like I say, it's a slight slight frustration, but uh, at least we're on to something here with the with the transmission because that's that's um, a real safety issue. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Now, the fellow a while ago that mentioned about uh, the, the truck dying when you guys first started today, mm-hmm. I had that problem, and no one could figure it out, but it was the uh, the charcoal canister had been full of gas, and it double-fed my carburetor. Yeah, that'll cause and, it due to a purge solenoid stuck open, exactly yeah, what we were was, talking about. Yep. Oh, it was, it was, that was bad, too, because it died just like my wife does. It died, uh, I think I'm going to get me an electric car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I'm gonna, I wrote that stuff down. You said thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Bob. Thanks for the okay. phone call. All right. Thanks. Bye. No problem. Let's go to Rick online, too. Rick, thanks for calling under the hood. How can we help you today? Hey, thank you very much, gentlemen. I appreciate uh, you taking my call. I really love your show. No problem. What do you got? Yeah. I got a 2009 Hyundai Accent that I used as a daily driver. Uh, fortunately, I was hunting. I didn't actually intentionally go hunting for a deer, but I T-bowed one a few months back. Caused mostly cosmetics, radiator damage, and stuff like that. But I'm pretty handy, so I, I replaced all the fenders, radiators. There's no structural frame damage. Uh, and I changed out the headlights with uh, some aftermarket. I changed out the whole assembly, both left and right, driver and passenger. And uh, ever since then, I mean, the car runs great. But ever since then, when I turn on my headlights, so I got the manual headlights. When I turn on the headlights, my high beam lights come on. That the indicator in between the dials, mm-hmm. it comes on and stays on. I can switch it to bright. You know, when I click it to bright, it'll actually get a little, uh, you know, it'll, it'll shine a little bit more. But when I go back to the, just the standard low beams, the light stays on. And I've noticed that. Uh, my regular low beams aren't as bright as they used to be before the, the, the little mishap I had. So I was just trying to get your opinion on that. Typically what will cause that is a bad ground wire. Um, whatever wire that you have running your low beam lights, um, if, if somewhere in the harness, and I've seen this with cars that get you know front end damage done to them, the harness okay. will actually get pinched in between something and it will cut wires. 
And if you've cut a wire on your, you know, so look at your harness um, where the damage was and make sure none of it looks smashed. And if it does, open that harness up right there and check your wiring. If you lose okay. ground, headlights are a weird thing. They'll find ground somewhere else, and they'll find it through the head high beam circuit. They'll find it through tail light circuits. It's it's kind of crazy how the, that those headlights will do that. But yeah, more than likely you're missing ground somewhere. Okay, so just open up the the connectors and look in there to see. Well, I guess I could I maybe put a, a ohm meter on it or something. And it could also be in the aftermarket headlights. I've seen that too, where they wire them up wrong at the factory when they send them out. So if you have an old, uh, if you still have your old headlights laying around, maybe plug those back in and see if they'll work properly. And if they are, then you know you got a problem in, internally in the that, aftermarket headlights. Man, that's what I, I was thinking. I think maybe it was the bulbs or something. You know, maybe switch out the bulbs. But you're saying that it might be the wiring in the headlight assembly itself. Yes, sir. Yep, and I have seen that as well. Okay, so check for ground on the harness side, and then check for the headlight uh, assembly. Uh, on that one. Yes, sir. All right, and gentlemen, I sure do appreciate your help, and, and again, love your show. All right. All right. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for All the right. phone call. we got to take a quick break. Phone lines are open, 210-737-1200. Angela and Joe will get to you as soon as we get back. I'm Dwayne Allen along with Terry Toller. We're from Cambridge Auto Center. This is Under the Hood on WOAI. Hi, it's what we do. Under the Hood, right here on News Radio 1200 WOAI. I'm Dwayne Allen along with Terry Toller. We are from Cambridge Auto Center. We're located at 9823 Fredericksburg Road, and you can find us there Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., and you can also find us online at CambridgeAuto.com, and you can like us on Facebook. We post a lot of great information to our Facebook page and to our website, so we definitely encourage you to check those out. Today we're here to help you with questions. Phone lines are open, 210-737-1200. We've got a few minutes left, so we're going to get to the phone calls. Let's go to Angela on line three. Angela, thank you for calling Under the Hood. How can we help you today? Hi, sir. Um, yeah, I'm ha- all of a sudden, my uh, power steering, well, it's been at least two months. It just uh, feels like I'm trying to drive some kind of a... I mean, i got to put all my muscles into steering tight corners, and I'm afraid to steer them. So I go around the Wendy's curve to get to the... I have to park five or ten feet away from the window and walk over. That's how bad it is. But I can drive down the road moderately, you know, safely. But um, my fluids are full, my power steering fluid. Um, Do you have any idea of what other thing I could check? If the fluid's full and your power steering is still hard to turn, uh, you more than likely have a bad power steering pump. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, okay, now what about, uh, here's one more little itty-bitty question. Somebody else said something about a gearbox. Do you know about that? Is there is there anything to do with a quote-unquote gearbox? What kind of vehicle do you have again? It's a 1998 Nissan Frontier truck. Frontier truck. It, it, yeah, it's been very operational since I bought it three years ago. Yeah, typically I don't see those gearboxes going bad on those vehicles. Um, I mean, it's not to say it couldn't, but the rule of thumb normally is when they go bad for power steering, you'll lose it mainly in one direction. So if it would be like hard turning only to the right. Well, then I would say, yeah, you have a bad gearbox. But if it's in both directions, chances are it's more than likely just the power steering pump. Oh, okay. I wonder if that's hard to get to and uh, 
Oh, no, yeah, that that's actually a pretty simple repair on that vehicle. It's right on top. Uh, it's on the passenger side, the front of the motor, and um, it's it's a pretty easy repair to do. Well, bless you. That's a good news. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, Angela, thanks Thank for the phone call. Let's go to Ned online, too. Ned, thanks for calling Under the Hood. How can we help you today? Hi. Um, I have electrical problem when I uh, turn on the... Uh, um, uh, headlights, nothing happens. But if I turn on the parking light, everything works. Including the headlights? Yes. Mm, and what kind of vehicle? I'm sorry? What kind of vehicle do you have? Uh, 97 BMW 740 LI. Okay. Yeah, that one you're probably going to have to have some diagnostic work done on it. Chances are you might have just a bad headlight switch, um, but a lot of times if you put it in the in the, just the parking light position and your actual headlights are coming on, either that switch is backfeeding something. Um, yeah, that that really that's a good one. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's you're probably going to need to take that into a shop and actually have some electrical diagnostics run on it and find out what you're missing when you put the headlights on. If it turn if it comes on and it's not um, if it's losing ground or power, you might have a headlight module going out. But typically, those headlights should not turn on if you're in the park position. Right, and yeah. and that's what they're doing. They're turning on. Yeah, it's. It's either going to be a bad switch or the actual headlight module itself. So one of those two are going to need to be replaced. But you're definitely going to, the cost of BMW parts, you're going to definitely want to have that looked at first uh, to make sure which one. Thank you, sir. Okay. All right, Ned, thanks for the phone call. That's going to do it for Under the Hood this week. Uh, we'll be a back next Saturday at 4 o'clock so if you missed us you can give us a call then or you can always call the shop 210-697-9600 we're always willing to help during the week you can also reach us through Facebook or go to our website CambridgeAuto.com we are Cambridge Auto Center we're located at 9823 Fredericksburg Road you can find us there Monday through Friday from 7am to 530pm and online at CambridgeAuto.com and as I said you can like us on Facebook you can schedule your appointments through our Facebook page and also through our website. So if you need to get your vehicle checked out and would like to try us out, definitely we encourage you to do that. But I'm Dwayne Allen, and with Terry Toller, we're from Cambridge Auto Center. You've been listening to Under the Hood right here on News Radio 1200. WOAI will be back next week. Until then, drive safe.